On his Facebook page, the man in red flies like a bird. With 82 days left till he and his reindeer can be heard. On your roof, such a clatter. But right now, doesn't matter. Will Faulkner, are you ready for the C word? No! Clunan! I was wondering where that was going. Yeah, I was there for a minute. Yeah, that C word could have been anything. Yeah. By the way, I, I was driving in and I heard you say that a lot of young people prefer to avoid human contact at mm. work. I, I, it is. I find that really distressing. I, By well, the way, can I say hello to Liam? Oh, yeah. He's having a, a lot of avoidance of human contact at the moment. All right. Mm-hmm. In what sense? Oh, well, he's, he's on the throne at the moment. Has oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be one of the longest episodes oh, in history. No, Morning, Liam. Terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. Um, no, so I work behind the counter in a small hardware shop and I have human contact all day. And I do enjoy it now, I have to say, and I would miss it if I didn't have it. And having said that, the only part of my working week that I don't have, I'm not in the contact of humans, really, would be in the jacks and on a Wednesday morning when I come into the, ra- into the studio mm-hmm. and I, I don't really have human contact then either. Isn't it great that it's not work? <laughs> it's not work. You don't get paid. It's, sorry, it's work for you. It's, I, you are being paid for it. It's not work for me, but it bloody feels like hard work, I can tell you. By the way, I also noticed that Slagger of the Day, you said Slagger of the mm. Day might win a prize. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll hunt for that. Oh, you would be right up there in the running, <laughs> no doubt. First question, though, yeah. let's get down to business. Uh, Vi has a new bathroom ceiling, which she wants to paint but she wants to treat it properly first. So bathroom, going to be a lot of moisture, sure. potential for mould, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. What's best practice? So I would definitely, two things to say. One is to try and you should, if you're painting a new plastered ceiling, a new, any plastered surface, you should always thin out the first coat of paint. So you see where in a ceiling, very often, if it's over the shower, the paint can be peeling off. Now, it's, it's a very clean line. If you brush on paint straight onto the ceiling, it's sitting completely on the surface. If you thin out the first coat of paint, it's going right into the plaster. And the second coat of paint then, it's not such a clear line. It's much harder for it to peel afterwards. But the other thing I would say is, paint it with some water-based paint with a lot of acrylic in it. So you could paint that, if you had any at home, you could paint it with an exterior masonry paint because it's highly antifungal and has a very tough exterior surface. If you're buying paint for it, I would probably buy either a small tin of acrylic eggshell, which is designed for woodwork, but works really well in this case, or you could paint it with the likes of the scrubbable matte paint. So scrubbable matte can be used anywhere in the house. It's, we've mentioned before, it's a really tough, long-lasting paint. But again, it's non-permeable because it has a huge amount of acrylic in it. Because what happens with a bathroom ceiling over a shower is that the moisture sits on it and it passes through ordinary matte or mid-sheen emulsion. And then the plaster itself is always continually wet and it ends up flaking off the paint. All these paints that I've mentioned are more or less non-permeable. So the moisture doesn't go through and therefore the paint doesn't flake off. Nigel. Nigel wants Mr. Fixit to do something about the lack of Midlands 103 podcasts. Apparently he's been searching for the Midlands Today show and it hasn't been updated lately. So there. (laughs) <laughs> Will is giving a dirty look into the studio and can I just say he's getting a dirty look back always always it's called the death stare 
Will and Brian, I know you may have dealt with this before, but my... In, in the 20 odd years that I've been doing this, I think we've dealt with more or less everything before, but it's when it applies to you that you actually sit up and listen. Yes, but there are lots of leaves down on my driveway. They are now all wet and waterlogged. I know Brian has often said, get them up while they're dry. What's the best way to get them up while they're wet? It's a long driveway. Well, honestly, one of the best little tools I bought for myself in the garden at home is a battery-operated blowback. Now, they vary hugely. Um, so, the, what's the one I got? Um, Oregon is the one I got. Gardena do it one. Husqvarna do one. You need to get one with a good, powerful battery. So... This, I would describe this as having the same. So I'm after driving into the estate here to, to come into the radio station and there's gardeners out there clipping the hedges mm. and they're using a, a petrol blowback, which obviously has a lot of power. This one has the same amount of power as a, a petrol one without all the grief. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't have a huge amount of use for it. Mm. Um, Do you get so, range anxiety? Pardon? Do you get range anxiety? No, no. I have two batteries for it. So it's battery powered. So I can go anywhere in the house with anywhere in the garden with it. And when it runs out, I just put on the second battery. Is that what you mean? Mm. Yeah. So, um, but it, the reason it works so well, it does work on wet leaves as well as dry leaves. Now, obviously, dry leaves are easier to move along. The other thing is my drive is gravel. So, you, you know, you can't use a brush. Um, and a rake, if if it's embedded in it, will rake some of the gravel mm. as well. So the blowback, in fairness, does remove the leaves without moving the gravel around so much. Um, and I just do it up onto the lawn, and then I rake it off the lawn. I use the blowback to get into into piles. So yeah, don't let it break down on the lawn, or you'll have moss next year. Correct. I found that out the hard way. Yeah. Now, what I did make a decision last year was. I have a lot of big established trees around the place and neighbours' big established trees. So I have a lot of leaves down, sycamore leaves, you know, big, big leaves. Sycamore leaves are big leaves. Um, and I leave those on the flower bed until later in the year. So I used to be constantly raking up and filling the big ton bags and then, you know, that costs money to get them removed and taken away. So now I leave that until almost the spring. And a lot of that has broken down. It also keeps the weeds at bay. And, you know, a mat, so just on the shrub beds, I leave the leaves. I take them off the, the, the lawn. You're quite right. It does definitely generate moss. Uh, but I, I put them onto the shrub beds and I let them pile up in the shrub beds. Now, that doesn't suit everybody. If you have a small garden, that's fine. Just keep lifting them. But uh, I had a lot of leaves to lift off and I found that very beneficial. But the, the battery-powered blowback in, as I say, Husqvarna, Oregon, any of those brands is the way to go. One caller says they use the lawnmower and it hoovers them all up into the box. Correct. You'd have to empty it fairly often depending on the size of the driveway. Exactly, yeah. But now it does mulch it, you see. So it does... If you're using the lawnmower, the blade does make mm. it a lot smaller. Again, it depends. But beware. Or oh, they'll use, sorry, they'll, they use the lawnmower on the driveway. Yes. Oh, right, okay. Beware of that because we've had an Egypt before who broke a window. And look, and look, in fairness, I think he did it twice. Once. Once. Was, no, I think he did it twice. I heard he did it twice. 
So I'd be very slow to do that on, on your driveway if it's anywhere near the house because you could, like common sense would dictate that you could send out a stone flying and break a window, which then could take months to get repaired. For the record, it was the patio, not yes. the driveway. Worse. Once. A leash listener has an electric stove and they don't use it very often and recently discovered fluff balls inside the glass. How would you get rid of these fluff balls? I wonder, is, is it between two layers of glass? Yeah. So you know the way your oven would often have two layers of glass? Mm. And there are little metal clips you can... you can. Some of them are very well designed that the glass just slides out. And then some of them not so well. They have little metal clips on them, which can, on an oven, can break uh, when you try and remove them because of the... Uh, the heat involved. Now you can stick the glass back in using a heat resistant silicone um, or a heat resistant glue but you'd have to look at it and see can you take it apart. It'd be very, that's very unusual. But the fact that the fluff balls are there would indicate they somehow formed in there. So have you tried just going around the edge with a hoover and see can, you know, the fact that they, the, the fluff got in without taking it apart means you might be able to get it out by using the hoover all the way around and see can you get it out mm. Niall in Clombalogue has a solution to the Enoch Burke situation Cohan. so you know how it all started when he was told he had to address a transgender student by their new name yes well Niall says when he was in school he was just known by his surname go on so you know in my oh, case yes. the teacher would shout Faulkner oh. or Clunham yes therefore you don't have to change the yeah so just go back to the I past. Often, I often wonder um, uh, that in England, in the public school system, which I always think is funny, it's called the public school system because it's not a public school, it's actually a private school. Um, they always refer to um, the students by their surname. It's, you know, Faulkner, you know, it's, it's a very upper class way of, they never refer to them by their first names. But I often wonder the well-known um, British MP how often he was called out in class. Alistair Darling. You know, how many teachers <laughs> uh, were comfortable saying, darling, what do you think, darling? Darling. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's a good, that's a very, you know, that's it. Just get into the habit of calling them all. Yeah, by the surname. Mr. McCool, etched in my memory. Faulkner, where's your tie? <laughs> For years. He was from Cork, was he? Time now, 25 to 11. Mr. Fixes with Brian Cleaning. Call 0818-300-183 and put our two-man to the test. Linda in Kildare asks if the, you can suggest a, a strategy for her partner. Her partner hasn't finished the bathroom, which he started about three years ago. And she says, I've tried everything and all I hear is, ah, it'll be done. Or I promise you I'll do it next week. Any suggestions on which cattle prod delivers the best shock? <laughs> oh, you need to get them off somewhere and then get the man in to get it finished. No, and ideally, no, 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 that's ideally, And ideally the man should be one of his close friends, you know, who's in on it. Strapping, handsome, No, I mean, I mean just, you know, add insult to injury by getting not just an anonymous person in to do it, get one of his friends in to finish the job. You're evil. And then it's a slagging for life. Ronnie in Ballycumber asks, what polish you would use on solid kitchen units? Um, so when you get new kitchen units and they have a, a shine on them, 
I would always say you, you try and just work with the existing shine unless you need to shine them up. So the first thing I'd always do is wash them down with methylated spirits. So methylated spirits is alcohol, it's denatured alcohol, whatever, like the way, I don't know, you've been denatured, you know, you no longer have any human nature left in you. So I don't know what denatured alcohol means. I've got to look it up, I'm curious. <laughs> um, so you wipe it down with this or with surgical spirits and the whole principle is you're trying to remove everything that shouldn't be there and restore it to its natural shine. Now, if the shine is gone just through age, well, then the answer is that you wax it. So you just get the easiest of the wax would be the the Celtic or Heritage, two different brands, more or less the same product. And the way that works is you get a, a small cotton rag, an old T-shirt, cut it down. You only want it to be a foot square or 18 inches square and roll it up and then put it into a bowl with this wax and then wring out wring out the excess wax and just it's like you're polishing the whole kitchen units you're rubbing it over this and then you leave it overnight and then buff it up the following day and keep that rag pour the excess uh, wax it's a very liquid wax pour it back into the bottle anything that's left over and keep the waxed rag in a Ziploc bag squeeze out all the air and now the, the, the rag even though it might be a bit dirty looking is fine to go again and you can just periodically run it over this and then once in a blue moon you'll put it back in the bowl you'll fill it up with wax again and it will do a fantastic job on, on bringing a, a shine back to aged kitchen units For the record denatured means to take away or alter the natural qualities of something Okay, But in this case, with alcohol, they're actually adding to rather than taking away because they put in a toxic poison in some cases uh, and it creates an odour and yeah. bad so taste. So they put that in. We, we, years ago, we would have been um, very careful who we sold Mets to. Uh, it had to be signed for back in the day. Yeah. And you wouldn't be selling it to... Um, Me. Yes, <laughs> you wouldn't be selling it to dodgy-looking characters. Uh, yeah, yeah. By the way, we've stopped selling a product. Um, we used to stock a thing called household ammonia. And household ammonia, I'll bring in a bottle. I, there's one left at home. Um, it's a vile smelling. It's ammonia. It's like, I don't know, but it takes your breath away. But the average client for it was a little old lady who used it for washing tiles because seemingly it stripped every bit of dirt off mm. the tiles. It did a fantastic job. But it was always a little old lady that bought it, nearly always. And then suddenly we got these really dodgy looking fellas in buying it. And it's for making crack cocaine. Oh, wow. So we decided, you know what, we're not going to sell that anymore. We don't want to help out with this. So we don't sell it. We don't stock it anymore. What does little old lady use instead? Yeah, well, this is it. We suggest a different tile cleaning product that'll do a similar mm -hmm. job. By the way, I just want to say I'm involved in the Tullamore Tidy Towns WhatsApp group um, and I see the work that goes on. Just want to A, pay tribute to them, but B, say to anybody, to volunteer at something like that is fantastic. So at now I just see their, their vo uh, volunteers can turn up at six o'clock in Kilbride Plaza in Tullamore near the uh, Garda station. You'll be doing a little bit of weeding or litter picking or painting. It's an hour of your evening once a week. Just can I say it's such a satisfying thing. They're a lovely group of people and turn up, become part of a little community group 
and do something useful for your town. So I just encourage anyone to give it a shot sometime. So I think it's here, here. see tonight at 6pm because it's daylight, mm. I presume. Do they need supervisors? <laughs> <laughs> Rita in Durham asks, I recently got my bathroom tiled and the grout around the bath has turned black. I live in a hard water area. Any advice? Well, I... I think, well, be careful, is it the grout or is it the silicone? Not that it makes a huge amount of difference. Because it's on a tile surface, you can get one of the the mould sprays. So there are various mould sprays. Some, like a fungicidal solution kills mould um, and stops it coming back. A mould spray that has basically chlorine in it uh, kills the mould, doesn't really prevent it coming back, but it does make the mould disappear completely. But it can only be used on hard surfaces like tiles, like the shower tray, the bath and so on. So you'd spray that on, leave it for about 20 minutes, half an hour at the most, and then hose it off. And all that mould will be gone. Now, you'd be asking yourself, is it, if it's on the mould, it will be, if it's, sorry, it's on the grout, you'll do this once in a blue moon. If it's on the silicone, you should probably consider replacing the silicone with sanitary seal silicone. So every plumber and builder should know to use sanitary silicone on your, in your bathroom because it goes black very quickly if you don't. But hopefully it's just on the grout and it'll come off, no problem. Brian Clonan is with us until 11. In the next hour... If you are a fan of Tammy Wynette and George Jones, well, we have a brilliant surprise all the way from Nashville. Mr. Fixes is here to take on your DIY dilemmas. Text or WhatsApp to 83 103. Brian Clunan is here from Clunan's Hardware in Tullamore until 11 o'clock. And our next query is from a listener who hasn't enough sockets in their kitchen. They're wondering, is it expensive to install extra or is there a cheaper thing to do? I mean, I suppose you could buy a multi-plug, but those multi-plugs, there is always a risk of overheating. There is. So, I mean, I presume when they say not enough sockets, they mean the positioning of the sockets probably as much as anything else. So that is expensive in that you generally have to, if you want it to look right, you have to chase the wall. You have to make a hole, a channel in the wall to put the wiring in. Now, I mean, obviously you can run a socket from another socket. Your electrician can run a socket from another socket and put the wiring along the top, in, usually in in uh, conduit, a little square plastic thing along the top of the skirting board, and it wouldn't be as noticeable. Uh, and that's not expensive. Uh, but if you want the wires in the wall, yes. Now, um that's that's really the only way to look at it, that if you're happy enough just to have that, we've all seen it, it's one inch, you see it used in hospitals a lot, it's one inch square box, uh, you put the cable into it and then you snap a cover onto it and it's not the end of the world, but it does make adding to your sockets very cheap compared to chasing the wall and replastering and all of that. So down to your budget and your preferences. Next I recently, do, 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 sorry, it's disappeared on me. Um, what could I use to soften leather dog collars? Um, so you can use... I'm curious about the plural there. Collars, yeah. Yeah. They have M- more than one dog or else some bedroom habits? Ooh, well, I just, you see, it's interesting the way your mind went. I assumed just a number of dogs, but it's interesting the way you 
instantly went to bedroom habits, which I think is quite interesting. Woof. Says a lot about your character. Woof. Um, assuming that for dogs, you can use um, linseed oil or neat's foot oil was always used, but you might find it hard to get neat's foot oil today. Neat's foot oil was used for bridles and things like that. But the linseed oil, it's slightly smelly. I uh, wonder what other oils. Um, so any kind of oil that doesn't smell too bad. Virgin olive oil, does that smell much afterwards, I wonder? So you're basically rubbing it in. Um, you could, in theory, use a little bit of Vaseline. Um, so you could heat your Vaseline and put on a pair of rubber gloves. And it's about massaging the oil into the leather. So historically, as I said, linseed oil or so uh, or um, Neesfoot oil. But anything that remains flexible afterwards. I don't see why you couldn't use Vaseline, I have to say. Next, Will. We've done really, really well so far this year, having caught 14 mice in our house in the last few days without the lady of the house knowing. Wow. Now, she would definitely go to her mother's house if she knew they were there. Right, yeah, we've heard that before. And the problem is, I'm not sure would she bring the kids with her. (laughs) So that would leave him at home with the kids, okay. Correct. (laughs) So the question is, I've only used traps so far, should I introduce poison as well? You know the answer to this. Well, if you want to wear a clothes peg. Yeah. So, no, just, you shouldn't use poison in the house because you will end up with dead mice and dead mice smell. So, it's a combination of try to work out how is the mouse getting in, the mice getting in. It's nearly always pipe work. So, do a very good job of minutely walking around the outside of the house particularly pay attention to where your boiler is if it's outside if it's on the wall outside if it's in a boiler house you're nearly guaranteed that's how they're coming in if the boiler is inside go back and look again and remember pay any pipe that comes out or goes into the house that's nearly always where the mice come in now look they can come in if you know, if you have young kids, as they seem to have, and they leave the doors open, they leave the, the back door open, you know, a mouse is walking past, does he come, you know, coming out, they will instantly run inside because it's warm in there. So maybe have a look at putting a door closer on the, on the door. Or indeed, one that people don't think about is if your door opens out, um, if your door happens to open out, you can replace the hinges on the door with rising butt hinges. So rising butt hinges would be designed where they're originally designed for lifting the door as it opens. If it was, if there was a slope, if for some reason there was a slope and you couldn't, the door couldn't, it would drag off the ground outside, then you put on rising butt hinges and the door will rise up. But a side effect of them is that because there's a rise up, the, the weight of the door always makes the door close again. So if you walked into a hotel bathroom. You walk into a gents in a hotel and there's five cubicles and all the doors are closed but there's no one in them. The five previous occupants didn't close the door behind them and the reason is they have rising butt hinges. So when the door opens in it rises up a little bit. You don't even notice it but the weight of the door makes the door close. So when you walk into the toilets instead of looking at five toilet bowls you're looking at five closed doors and they're rising butt hinges and so you can very easily replace if the door opens out you can replace the 
the or it opens in. Is there any reason? No, opens in, opens out. It makes no difference. Sorry, you just replace the hinges with rising bolt hinges, and now your door is always closed, and it's not a big deal, and it's not very expensive. Well, sorry, a, a pair of rising bolt hinges, top of my head, thirty euros, but it's a lot less work than a door closer, and expense. Next is Dylan. Dylan wonders, what is the best cleaning product for artificial grass? Dog is peeing all over it. Uh, is the dog pee staining the grass? He doesn't say. Right. I don't know. I don't know. You want to be careful that you don't use something that's going to take the colour out of mm. the, the, the grass. So maybe just go back to where you got it because different types of grass, some of them can be what's known as a PU product. Some of them can be a PVC product. Um, so the colour fastness of different ones would be different. Different brands would be different. So maybe go back to where you got it and ask them that question because you do want to be careful. Now maybe someone listening, but always, if somebody gives you a tip, always do a test area because what works brilliantly on my artificial grass could do damage to your artificial grass because it could be a different constitution and it could be affected by chemicals in a different way. So do be a little bit careful over that. Dylan, that's his way of saying, I don't know. I don't know. I did say, I don't know. But he wants to do it in a long-winded way. I did say, I don't know. Fair play. It's a question we haven't had before. Yes, yeah. Well done, Dylan. You you didn't. You get the prize, this week's prize, today's prize. Cormac in County Leash says, the open fire at my granny's house is huge. Over the past few years, I've been patching it with fire cement, but it never lasts. And the reason I'm doing this is the back is disintegrating. And there's no such thing as a replacement fire back for a big old fireplace like this. So I'm just going to have to keep repairing it. But Granny is 82 and won't hear of having a proper job done on it. Is there a better cement I can use or any ideas other than using cement? Well, if there's big patches gone, you can buy cuttable fire back. I, th- I, f- I forget what it's made of. Um, it comes in a sheet. It's very heavy, but you can actually cut it with a hacksaw or a bread knife and slot it in. So if there's a big lump missing, you could cut a piece of this and pop it into place. Uh, and instead of using fire cement, you can get tubes of, what do they call it, fire fire-resistant sealant. So it's very similar to fire cement, but it doesn't dry as crumbly. It has more resin in it. It has more... So it remains... It almost feels plasticky, but obviously it's not plastic because it's not affected by... It's not affected by the flame. So there's a difference between one that's a heat-resistant sealant and a flame or fire-resistant sealant. So make sure you get fire-resistant sealant. It has a higher... It takes a higher temperature and it... It has a lot more resin in it, so it's a lot tougher and less likely to crumble away afterwards. Tara in Rathangan recommends buying leather softeners in an equestrian shop. Uh, Nest Feet is readily available, she says. So that's, I bet you that's Neat's Foot Oil. What's it called? Uh, Neast, sorry, Neast Feet. Is it? Okay, sorry. She says Neast Feet, or maybe it's Neast Foot. Neat's Foot Oil. Neat's Foot. Yeah, remember I said, that's what I said, Neat's Foot Oil or Linseed Oil. Fair enough. Anyway, equestrian shops, that's yes, where you go. that's where you get needs for oil. That's why I said it's used for bridles. Brian, thanks Please refer much. to my earlier statement. Okay, we'll talk again next Wednesday, 20 past 10. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mr. Fixes on Midlands 183.